Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be kind of weird if Brupolo was in Ethel. Shout out to Yes, it would. Shout out to Ethel, Mississippi. Wherever you live, though, in our great state or anywhere, you can get Strange Brew Coffee at your uh, your home. All you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine you've got on the front counter, they've got a Strange Brew Coffee for you. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. Tacos like you can't get anywhere else. We are just a couple of days away from Cinco de Mayo. I think it's uh, probably a very wise decision to, to plan your Cinco de Mayo around a trip. Uh, to humble taco just just call me crazy i feel like that'll be a a good idea so over there on university drive great patio should be great weather this weekend to enjoy a good time at humble taco when you're looking for a great decision for lunch make it firehouse subs also don't forget guys i keep telling y'all follow firehouse subs on twitter they're always letting you know about uh giveaways and extra reward point days on their app they're they're pretty they're pretty generous with that kind of stuff so follow them on twitter and download their app you place your order online it's ready within minutes and then you pick up your order and you picked up a sandwich and you picked up a lot of reward points so that you're eating free sandwiches pretty quickly which is great everybody loves free and everybody loves firehouse subs locations in starkville columbus oxford tupelo flowwood madison that's firehouse subs we are back robbie falk how are you oh I haven't slept in a week. Oh, just stop. Just stop this. I've had so many people messaging me like, what, like what's going on? Does this show still exist? And all I can say is I'm ready to work. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to talk to Brian. I've been, I've been sitting on my couch with the screen in front of me waiting to do a Zoom. I hear you. I, I and, made, there, and nothing, made a point nothing has come up. I haven't even really been that active on Twitter. I didn't, I mean, outside of maybe a couple of food picks, I saw that like right after the governor's cup game, that Ole Miss fan who I got into it with the weekend before was like, Oh, I don't hear anything from Brian Hayden to that. It's like, that's because I'm not so obsessed with sports that I made it my Twitter handle. You functioning idiot. Anyway, I'm waiting six well, days so, to talk about that. Since guy. you took, since you took off Mississippi state is one in three in e- baseball. E- 
Yikes. <laughs> you you left, and we were talking about how Mississippi State has now put themselves back in position. They got a chance here and then this week to to go like three and one. Yeah. And get back in the hunt for yeah. postseason. And now all hell is broken loose. And obviously I'm important to this operation and would like to be compensated thusly. So if John Cohen could get make that happen, I would appreciate it. Yeah, instead of uh being in the hunt, MSU uh Got shot right in the ass, uh, and, and now no, no longer in the hunt uh, for the most part. I, I, I thought at best a buddy of mine put this on six-pack. It's not a coaching issue. It's not a talent issue. It's not an effort issue at this point. It's a math issue. State's 25 and 20. They're 9 and 12 in the conference. Their RPI is 86. If they were not the defending national champion, if you just looked at that resume blind and said, I don't know which team this is, but are they going to get in? Nobody with an ounce of common sense would say yes. And, and look, go ahead. It, I know I know. there's a lot of people like, don't give up on this team, whatever. Like, it's not giving up on the team. It's not being negative. It's just simple mathematics and being a realist. Yeah. Because at this point, I've seen all the comparisons to the 20, 2018 team, and I, I get that. And that team was 12 and 15 going into the final weekend. I completely understand that. And it's actually setting up to be very similar Mm-hmm. Tennessee's the number one team in the country. Florida was the number one team in the country in that coming that last weekend. But it just is what it is with this team right now. I mean, I just don't see anybody on this team elevating them to another level down the stretch. I mean, well, I just it just is what it is, and I don't think it's going to happen for Mississippi State. I mean. You're, you're having to ask them at this point. You're having to ask a team that just lost to the worst team in the SEC, a team that has had countless losses uh, this year to teams that they should have beaten. You're having to ask them now to beat three top 20 RPI teams. I haven't looked at the updated RPIs. Florida could have dropped out. But still, Florida's probably going to be, I would guess, in the top 30. Mm-hmm. You're having to ask them to beat Florida, which you're probably going to have to sweep Florida at this point to have any kind of chance. Right. And then you got to beat one of the hottest teams in the league in Texas A&M on the road. Mm-hmm. And then you got to beat a team that's making SEC history this year mm-hmm. and what they're doing. Uh, so they don't seem like that Florida team from 2018 that's going to coast in here and just be right. They seem like the team they want to rub it in everybody's face and a chance to beat the defending national champions in their home park and maybe close their season out there, I think Tennessee will be, on, will be on top of that opportunity. Florida still in the top 20 RPI. They're 19th, A&M 10th, and, of course, Tennessee number one. You got to go all the way down to 87 to find Mississippi State. 72nd rated schedule. Some friends and I were talking about this. State even in the as bad as – now, granted, we were talking about this on Friday, so before the, the two losses, but – if State had just scheduled a little better, they could have the exact same results and would have been in it. State scheduled two three-game series with teams that are 228 and below in RPI. Northern and Kentucky, lost one of those. And lost a game in there to Northern Kentucky. And then the Prin- Princeton is 284 in the RPI, and State played a three-game series. Robbie, what is the, the – with so many local baseball teams – that you could schedule a three-game series with. I'm thinking about teams like Troy, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, South Alabama, obviously Southern Miss, although you wouldn't have wanted to do that this year. Um, 
even going into like Georgia Southern and, and Georgia State and, and, you know, Florida Atlantic and all these schools, right? Why would you schedule these series that are just clearly RPI drains? You also have four games against SWAC teams on the schedule. So that's basically another series. The scheduling this year was not very well done. Well, I don't think it's all that dissimilar of what it is in the past. I, I don't have a problem scheduling these teams because you're going to have opportunities in the SEC. The, the, the reason you schedule those teams is you're going to have chances to get in a Jack Walker, an Andrew Walling, you know, guys like that to have an opportunity to get in there and, and, and get innings that you're not normally going to get on a weekend. So you need those you need those games. Uh, you need those opportunities. But it's really kind of damaging your chances here down the stretch because you're sitting there with an RPI in the 80s with three series left when you could have lost – you could have done had the same exact results and been 30 points higher. Right. Um, because those – I mean, you, you add in the, the Jackson States and the Texas Southerns or whoever – Right, they play the, those teams that they schedule in the Princeton's, and it really kind of drags you down. I mean, you could—they're going to win probably their midweek games that they have coming up, Arkansas State or whoever they play. I mean, nothing, take nothing for spots. granted now, Robbie. Take nothing for granted. With I know, but I mean, there's only been like one loss from Chris Lamonis in four years against those kind of teams mm-hmm. in the midweek. Yeah. So I mean. They could lose. I mean, they very well could. I don't think it matters at this point, but they're going to continue to drop by playing those games this week. Yeah. yeah. Or not this week, but next week. Right. So, I mean, I, I get the thought process, though. And, I mean, honestly, this schedule was tougher than some of those John Cohen schedules. Remember, John yeah. Cohen would schedule like 18 straight patsies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they would get into SEC play. I mean, at least Chris Lamonis had Long Beach State, which they turned out to be bad, but that right. was a good That's team unlucky. to schedule. That's yeah. unlucky. Yeah. Long Beach but, State, you got two midweeks against Texas Tech. Um, so, I mean, you, you play on the road and, at and Northern Kentucky were the issues. So, you let's just look at last year. Now, last year's a little bit of an outlier, obviously, because you played that incredible tournament to start the year. That really got your RPI off on a great start to play Texas, TCU, and Texas Tech like that. But then you played Tulane, who RPI-wise was okay. Kent State was at 150 last year. Let me make sure I'm, I got that right. Yeah, 150. And, and everybody then, thought that team's going to be really good. And that, we did think they, they were going to be good, and they weren't. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and, and then you had Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan was a dud. But you could, you could have one dud, but not two. And, I, again, I'm not saying that you have to go out and schedule a three-game set with, you know, East so Carolina. Wasn't, the, wasn't the Kent or, State, like, wasn't that a replacement for, like, Tennessee Tech or something? I believe that's correct. Yeah, Tennessee Tech decided so, not to play that at that time or something. At the time, it was like a massive upgrade because Kent State right. looked good, and that was like a big upgrade for State to get them brought and in. Of course, but, what's I mean, funny about that is two years prior, Tennessee Tech beat Ole Miss in the yeah. anyway. right. But yeah, and they were terrible last year. But that's my point: is that instead of playing, you know, I'm not saying that State needs to play North Carolina. Like looking at this year, they don't they don't have to play Notre Dame or or, or Virginia. But instead of playing Princeton, if they had played, let me just pick somebody at random here from 100 to 150. Um, Oral Roberts, who I know State lost to a couple of years ago. But, I mean, your, your RPI is probably 10 points higher right now if you just played one them instead of one of these two. I, I, it just, just poorly At the done. end of the day, though, doesn't I matter don't if they're think, not winning. 
I don't think that's what's going to keep them out because if they if they won fourteen conference games, they'd still be okay. Mm-hmm. I think you're still going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're in the SEC and they're the defending national champs. So at the end of the day, what's going to keep them out is what they've done in SEC play, what they haven't done. They had a series uh, win available against Georgia. Mm-hmm. They could have swept LSU, mm-hmm. and they wow. well. Maybe not swept. They could have won that series, Sunday. definitely. Yeah. And, and, and who knows what would happen on Sunday if they win Friday and Saturday. I mean, who knows? And this team um, is it's – they, they could have, they could have very easily swept Ole Miss, or they could have been swept. They could have very easily swept Auburn. They could have very easily swept Alabama. They could have uh, won the series against Missouri. The only series right now that you're looking at that they, they lost reasonably was the Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Who's the best team in the West? Yeah, so – I didn't have an issue that, but you're you're right. And they, I mean, we're looking continue. at six wins right now for Mississippi State, a six-win differential where you're battling, you're you're in position to win the SEC West right now if you win those games, and that's the difference between this team and maybe like the 2019 team or the 2021 team. Those teams would have won those ball games. They would have found ways to win those games. State has found ways to lose, and, and it's the same thing that we talked about before in that. The games where the pitching has shown up, the hitting doesn't. And the game when the, the hitting shows up, the pitching doesn't. That was the case this weekend. I know you, you had the, your stats about the runners and scoring position, and you're right. I mean, state clutch hitting the, this weekend was not great. But they scored eight runs on Saturday and six runs on Sunday. That should be enough to win. Should be yes. enough to win. But it's not. It wasn't enough for Mississippi State. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? Uh, there's going to be people. There's there's people that have been blaming Lamonis for Cade, leaving Cade Smith. I mean – he was facing the eight-hole hitter that had two, one home run all year. I mean, I, I just – I'm not going to be upset about that move. That is not what lost Mississippi State the game. They had countless opportunities to score more runs. They should have yeah. scored 15 runs yeah. against Missouri on Sunday. The game is probably different if Logan Tanner's line drive doesn't get snacked. Simple as that. That, and, you know, the, the double play from Luke Hancock, yeah. you have – you have, um, you know, several opportunities where, with runners on on first or second base with less than two outs didn't get in, get didn't get them home. Mm. Uh, just too many chances left out there, and I I refused to blame pitching for it on Sunday. Saturday, Preston Johnson was just throwing BP. I mean, that, that one that was, was what it was. Really the offense scored nine runs, so you can't be upset at them. But right, um, it's just it, it's just like we've always said. I mean. When the pitching's going, off the offense is struggling. When the offense is is going, the pitching's struggling. This team just can't put it together. And I and and I don't, I I don't think it's unfair to say, I don't think it's going to happen at this point. No, I, that, they they've fine. played they played fifty plus games at this point or around fifty forty five games. Yeah. Okay, so it's not going to happen at this. They they could get hot, but the pitching is not going to be there consistently for this team to to make a run. I just I, they have 11 games left. They need to be 8 and 3 at worst through those games. They can't lose any of the non-conference games obviously. They have to be 2 and 0 oh in those and then they have to win 6 of their next 9. And con- listen, it, it's possible. It's I mean to these to the folks point that's been harping on that, they're not going to give up on the team. I, I applaud you for being great fans. That's that's awesome. Uh, it's absolutely possible that it could happen. In baseball, anything can happen. I'm just going on what we've seen all season long and how this season is playing out for Mississippi State. The numbers, 
from a pitching perspective, the inconsistencies from the offense, somebody, and who they got coming up. I just, I just don't see it. Somebody tweeted at you about you don't think this team can win five of their next nine. State's only won five of nine in conference play in one in one swing this year, and that's the one they're currently just finished. Right? They took two from Auburn, they took two from Ole Miss, and they took one from Missouri. That includes series with Ole Miss and Missouri, two, two of the worst the teams in the conference. Yep. Now you're, you're done play playing three the worst teams, top twenty RPI teams, including the, maybe the hottest team in Texas A&M and the best team in, in Tennessee. You could almost guarantee losing the Tennessee series, and I would almost be willing to guarantee a sweep of, of, of Mississippi State in that. So that's three losses. That means you got to you got to go five and one in the other two other two series. Well, the time the time to have made a run was was Missouri, here. Florida, right here, because it, you had you had the three you had three of the worst teams in the league back mm-hmm. to back to back: mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Missouri, Florida. Yeah, if if State would have. Just won this series against Missouri, they would be in solid shape. But you would, you would sweeping, think they were going to win this series this weekend. Yeah, and, and I, I still listen. I, I still think they can beat Florida in series. I don't think Florida is that good. I, I think state. I think state can very much win that series. But now you've taken away another game. I mean, you're again going into a series saying you have to sweep. Well, we we've said that three times now for Mississippi State. They have to sweep. Mm-hmm. They should have done it against Auburn. They didn't do it. Should have done it against Missouri. They lost that series. You have to sweep again here. I mean, you sweep here, and you have to find two more wins, which is entirely possible. You think 14 and 16? I think 14 and 16, Mississippi State's going to get the benefit of the doubt. I, I really believe that. They would probably be – they legitimately might be, at that point, if they got in at 14 and 16, the lowest RPI team to ever make the NCAA tournament. They might well, really, really. we'll see. I think their RPI is going to shoot up here. Uh, going to shoot up my plan. Next playing these next few games, yeah, because they're yeah. playing RPI. But I think is, I think they'll be in the fifties. Right? I think they can be in. I think they they can be in the fifties. But they're going to have to win. I mean, I really think they need to sweep this weekend, man. You sweep this weekend and you find one win in the next two series, and I think you're in. I, I just. The last, the last few teams that have been fourteen and sixteen in the oh, you're league, right. fourteen and sixteen will get you in. I, I just, I, you know, and they've, and it hasn't always been about uh, RPI either with the committee. Right, they've, they've proven that it's not always about RPI. Right, and state so, name value does get them some, some, some cash. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they're going to say they have three Southern. They have three guys out with injuries. Southern screwed themselves this weekend because now not only are they not going to be a national seed. But if they do whatever they host, if State gets in, they're probably going to go to Hattiesburg. And how pissed is Southern going to be? So mad. What's the I mean, dimensions? Of, I don't know what the dimensions are at Pete Taylor. But if oh, State it's gets, another softball. So I'm saying, if State gets sent to a Cracker Jack box, they have a chance. Yeah. Because they can just hit home runs. But the problem is the other team has a, has a chance, too, because yeah. State, State starters throw a lot of strikes, and a lot of them go over the scoreboard. Like I, I bet Preston Johnson's sitting there going, "Can I? Can can somebody please allow me to pitch at Pearl? Yeah, or or a place like that? Yeah, that dude has yeah. given up like eight bombs in the last two weeks yeah. in these little, you know, softball fields. And it doesn't help that the, the wind was a, a factor all weekend, but it, but State benefited from it too. They had home runs um, as well. It's going to be really, really tough. It's going to be really, really tough for Mississippi State to uh, to make it to the NCAA. But you know, we're, we're treating this back to the matter. We're treating this baseball team now like the basketball team. 
you know, like you're, you're not wrong. Just, you're not wrong, but it's because it's Mississippi State baseball. Yeah, you know, they, but, you know, we're sitting here going like, if they can just win, like, you right. know, I, I, I didn't give up this weekend in March. I probably should have, but yeah, it, it's, but it's, you know, in, in fairness, like I. I've not been high on this team since the Georgia series. That that's the series where I thought this team kind of is what it is. The pitching's going to be a struggle all year. The offense is going to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That's when I felt like things were really starting to trend downward to, for Mississippi State, and I just don't think they have the roster to make the kind of run that we've seen from the last three teams. That have done At this it. point, making the regional would be a success. You you yeah, just to make another NCAA tournament would be enough. Anything you get over that's going to be gravy for Mississippi State. This is just, and then it's just not a good that, baseball team. It's just the only way we say it. It's not. They they just don't do anything great. And it's really kind of confusing because, you know, we, we talk about Chris Lamonis making all the right moves since he's been here. Scott Foxhall handling the pitching staff as well as anybody in the country. Jake Gotro finding ways to get this offense rolling. And then you got, you know, these pitchers coming back. You got everybody in this lineup coming back this year that you felt really good about. And it just hasn't worked. It's just, it's really hard to believe. And I'm not on board with these people saying Chris Lamonis just uh, used a good roster. That's two years. No, he managed those rosters as well as you possibly could. He made all the right moves. You still have to be able to manage that and make the right moves. And he did. And, and, and he had some good players, but, I don't think last year's team was screaming national championship for most of the season. I don't think there were a lot of people that thought that that team was going to win a national title. There was people that thought that they could make a run, but, I mean, they, they got swept by Arkansas. They had some bad moments last year. So I really don't, you know, I, I don't think that um, that was just a setup for a perfect, you know, team last year. So you got to that team was for that. good. You knew they were talented and you knew they had yeah. leakers, things like that. This this team, I, I you know the guys you thought were going to take big steps forward, the the the, the upperclassmen, obviously talking about James Tanner, Hancock, they've been good, but you expected them to become great, yeah. I mean, especially James, I think, and James has just been good this year. Hancock has just been good this year. Tanner's been okay this year. You know your best player is R.J. Yeager, and I, I don't think that when he transferred from Mercer, anybody was saying this guy is going to be the best player on the team. He's going to hit probably 20 home runs this year. You've got a, a true freshman who's going to hit close to 20 home runs this year. And you're not going to make the NCAA tournament. you got two other guys who are going to hit 15-plus. Not going to make the NCAA tournament because – You're probably going to break the school record in home runs and miss out on postseason. That's an insane statement. Well, it just – it speaks to how unimportant, you know, the home runs are at this point. You're, you're becoming a home run hitting team instead of a great hitting team. And I think the best teams, the best offenses, are able to get you the hit that you need, not the one that you want. Guys are going up there swinging for the fences. Um, and it's happening across college baseball. It's not Mississippi State. It's, I mean, Missouri did the same thing. Um, you know, Ole Miss's offense is, is like that as well. I mean, you, we've just – the game has transitioned to launch angles, hitting home runs and things like that. And – We've moved away from just being a good, you know, opposite field hit or a line drive the other way or a ground ball through a hole, just doing what you need to do at that moment. Or a sack fly. You know, State doesn't do that enough. State doesn't have a, a, 
a, a move the runner to third base out. ground ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, the state has a strikeout with with the bases loaded. Mm-hmm. State doesn't have a, a fly ball to the outfield that's going to score a run. That's that's what they're missing, and that's what separated them from being an NCAA tournament team and one on the outside looking in. I mean, the numbers are great when you have a team that is going to hit 100 home runs. That's awesome. It's never happened in Mississippi State history. But you're also about to go from national championship to not making the tournament at all. And I think there's going to have to be a lot of changes for Chris Lamonis next year on this roster. This roster is going to have to have a massive overhaul. You're losing a ton of players. You're going to have to bring in a ton of talent. And that might mean getting players to campus that you don't normally get to campus. It might mean hitting the transfer portal and getting some great players here. But State's got to have some qu- some help quick because you can't stack bad seasons together after winning a national championship. No, especially not at Mississippi State. You, you just can't. No. So see where it takes us. But yeah, this these next uh, these final three weeks of the season are either going to be an incredible comeback or incredibly painful. Uh, to watch we'll we'll see uh let's move on into the second half of the show that's brought to you by our friends over at the uh mississippi beef council who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner when you're looking to throw some on the grill this weekend you're looking to cook out and enjoy this spring weather man you know beef nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill steaks and burgers yeah everybody's doing those man beef ribs tri-tip picanha there's just so many great cuts of beef available at your local grocery stores, and at your supermarkets. Check them out. If you're looking for recipes, you know to go to msbeef.org, or you can always go there to find out more information about the beef industry here in the Magnolia State. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Oh, Robbie and I had a fine meal last week at Two Brothers. It was fantastic. I think my favorite part of it was me ordering one entree, and then the lovely young waitress uh, going over to our companion lead battle, and I was like, oh, no. I wasn't done yet. And then I ordered my second entree. That was that was probably my favorite part. People were getting on us, too. They're like, you didn't spend enough. Guys, it's two brothers. The prices are affordable. They don't like have a $50, $60 Wagyu steak just sitting on the menu that I can order. All right. And what else? Like tacos and sandwiches else. here. There's nothing else that you could have fit in your stomach other than other than I mean, you know, I alcohol. Home and I was so full. I like, I, I like. Just sat in my recliner for like an hour, just going. Ehh. I mean, that's the great thing about Two Brothers. We we were under one hundred dollars for nachos, pork rind nachos, two two orders of tacos, wings, four tacos, yeah. ten wings, yeah, and bread pudding. And I got a barbecue sandwich. Don't forget, and mac and cheese. Barbecue sandwich. Yeah, I got that pulled pork grilled cheese. Oh my god, I forgot you, forget you about that, that much. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So people are like, well, you didn't, you didn't do enough. Yeah, believe what that me, tells you guys he got his that, money's worth. That I can, you can go to two brothers and eat like a king, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna break. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to pay like a king. So what, what, what are we saying? That the food's good and it's, it's inexpensive. Well, sign me up for that every time, and you should. So head over to two brothers in the heart of the kind district to enjoy some smoked southern soul food. They make it really simple for you to advantage business systems. Everybody promises great prices and great service. Uh, not everybody is delivering those things, especially when we talk about service and we talk about these big companies who, you know, getting them on the phone, painful, getting somebody out there, painful, uh, just, just, just not working for them. So when you head over to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You head over to advantage business systems, you know, you're dealing with local people 
local Mississippians every time. Check them out next time you have a new, you have a technology issue in your business. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's talk a little NFL draft. We didn't talk about that before the show, which I don't know how it skipped our minds there, Robbie, but Charles Cross, number nine overall to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. That is about the range he was pegged in uh, for weeks. Martin Emerson, maybe a little higher than we, than we thought. The number 68 overall selection. He's headed to the Cleveland Browns, which I know warms Robbie's heart to no end to see one of his, uh, see a Bulldog headed to the, his beloved Browns. Got to got a FaceTime with uh with the Miz and also got introduced by the Miz. Yeah, that was awesome. That was kind of that was no, kind of no random. Intended. Yeah. Um cross to Seattle. I mean, that's a franchise that's kind of in I don't know if rebuild's the right move word there, but obviously, you know, they've they traded away Russell Wilson. They're starting a new era. Whoever their quarterback's gonna be, you have to protect him. So that's a great pick from them. Uh, for him to get down to nine, you know, there was a lot of talk that he could go as high as uh, as five or six. Uh, so, so good start for Cross, who I, I when I watched him play here in college, I, you know, I always thought this guy's a prototypical NFL ta- left tackle. You know, he can pass block. He's good. He does have to show a little bit more on the run blocking. But I, I think I think maybe Mason Miller who said it that run blocking. You know, when you're six foot five, six foot six, you're three hundred plus pounds. You're a big, strong guy. Run blocking is about attitude. You know, either you want to do it or you don't. And Charles Cross is a guy who will get out there and, and, and get the job done. I really like this pick from the Seahawks. I think Cross will be a, a longtime pro and a potential pro bowler. Not only the pick for the Seahawks, the pick for Cross. Yeah. I mean, to go into a, a, a franchise that has been winning now for, for several years, they have a, a really successful head coach. You know, I, I know they don't have Russell Wilson anymore, but – they that has been a, a successful franchise, stable consistent, franchise. A consistent, yeah. yeah. And you know, you, you look at the Giants and the Jets, and bless their hearts. I mean, you, you kind of didn't want Cross to end up in that situation. I know the Giants have won a couple of Super Bowls in the last 20 years or whatever, but um, more often than not, that's been kind of a hapless team. So I was happy that Cross was able to land at a good team and also at a good spot. No question, yeah. Like you said, a, a stable franchise. You know, they. I think last year they were last in the the NFC West, and that's the first time that that's happened uh, since they they were in the NFC West. Or first time in like an over a decade or so that they've done that. You know, Pete Carroll has been a good coach. Once they get their quarterback situation sorted out, and, and I don't think it'll be you know Drew Locke, a, a longtime guy there, and I, I don't know that they're going to go after Baker Mayfield, but so maybe next year. They're looking, they're looking at quarterback a little harder. That franchise, I think, will get going in, in the right direction. Then Martin Emerson to the Browns. The Browns, you know, two years ago, they looked like they were the franchise that was sort of on the come up. And then not only did they step back last year, the Bengals stepped forward. The AFC North is kind of a murderer's row at this point because you feel like the Browns, they have talent there. They're just another team that has to figure out the quarterback situation. But between the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Bengals, I mean, there's just not a lot of room for error there. Yeah, you know, the Steelers are going to be at least 500 every year under Mike Tomlin. That's what he, what he's done there has been incredible, the, just the consistency. Mm-hmm. And he should have won more than he had, but I'm not going to go that far because uh, 
We know my my stance on the Steelers. Um, the Bengals are the team that is emerging quickly because they followed up going to the Super Bowl by kind of strengthening up that roster even more, I thought, in, in the offseason. And so that that's going to be a tough hill to climb for, for the Browns because their quarterback situation is kind of is what it is right now. And um, he thought Baker Mayfield was going to be the guy for a long time they had a ton of young talent and uh, you know, some of that is, is starting to fall by the wayside a little bit, but I do think that this is a good opportunity here for uh, Martin Emerson to, to play on what should be a, a decent defense and that, and that secondary and learn from some experienced guys back there too. I think that's a good spot for him in the AFC North. I agree. I agree. I, I feel like Emerson's just a good football player. I mean, if you watched him play at Mississippi State, there's no way you came away with a, a takeaway other than that guy's a good football player. And good football players tend to last in the NFL, so we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, the other story here, Mississippi State-wise, was Makai Polk, undrafted. You know, he went from a guy who, after the combine, there was a lot of buzz about him that he was going to be uh, maybe a third or fourth-round pick to just completely dropping out of the draft. He ends up signing a free agent deal with the Ravens. To my knowledge, the only MSU player to have signed any kind of deal. I haven't seen anything on on Brandon Ruiz or Tucker Day or any other former Bulldogs, uh, for that matter. Obviously, that's a good landing spot. The Ravens are a, a good team. They need receivers. They just traded away their best receiver uh, in Hollywood Brown. I'm sure you're glad to see him go. What do you think about Makai Polk in Baltimore? And what do you think about, you know, now that we have the gift of hindsight, his decision to, to leave Mississippi State a year, a couple of years early? Well, I didn't think it was a smart one. <laughs> well, there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> Thanks, no, Coach. Uh, we appreciate that. No, I mean, he he always had his, his mind set on he was going to leave after, after three seasons, and I, I just don't think that anything was going to tell him or anybody was going to tell him different. And I, I do think that he got a lot of feedback from coaches, GMs, and people, you know, around the game that said, you know, one more year, if you can put this kind of production on tape in the SEC and your stats are, are looking like this, you can really make some money. And I just think he was ready to, to come out whether he was able to get drafted or not. So, I mean, I hate it for the guy. I, I do think that he could have he, – he definitely could have improved his stock a little bit. I, I think he is what he is. He's, he's not going to be a first-round pick. But I do think he would have been drafted next year. Mm-hmm. And it's kind, of, it's kind of sad to see. But he's going to get his opportunity, and he's going to get a chance to prove himself with the Ravens. And there, there is opportunity there, like you said. So yeah. pull him for him and hope for the best, and maybe he can make that roster the, – the percentage of guys that are undrafted free agents that make those rosters are – are pretty low, but uh, maybe he can at least get on a practice squad there and have that opportunity to to move his his way up and ultimately make a difference for them. You would you would like to see Mississippi State get them another wide receiver in the league because it's it's been a while. It's been a long time. The one thing I will say is I hope that you're correct. I hope that it was Polk's decision and it's not a family member or an advisor who gave really bad information because all it, all indications we have were that the NFL pretty adamant with him like you need to go back you need to put another year on tape you only have one year of production you know let's go back and see it again and he still made that decision to go forward if it was his decision great i, I hope he wasn't led astray by by someone because that's a story we've seen too many times and uh, yeah i mean at mississippi state you've had tons of stories here in the last five six years there was a i mean 
great you, you look at Dean's page about someone who said, yeah, somebody decided to come back to school. And he's like, yeah, this, uh, the, that guy got, doesn't go to Mississippi State. He got information that he should, he should not leave, and he took it. Yeah. yeah. So it is a state. People, you know, you shouldn't go. Well, I'm going anyway. And then, you, you know, you wonder why you're still hanging around Starkville four years from now. So, Yeah, I mean, you, you've had Josh Robinson, Duranya, yeah. Wilson, um, Beniquez Brown, mm-hmm. Marcus Murphy. I mean, what's happened to Marcus Murphy? Yeah. Where's he? Where is he? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, it's just there's so many people, and you have you have a few that, you know, like Willie Gay, like he still came out mm-hmm. good. But he got because he got the information that said you should come out. And well, he did, some and he some people did. Some people did say that you should go back for one more year because he had not put, he didn't get a chance to put a full season together. Mm-hmm. So. The thinking was if he would have come back and proven himself, might have been a first. That, round. I mean, he could have been a first round. But I mean, he's he's fine. But yeah, he's fine. Yeah, but I think the, the people there, who were saying that were were not in the NFL. The NFL people were like, "No, you can go ahead and come on." Uh, there were a few. We'll take you for cheap now, as opposed to having to pay you fifty million next. Well, year. That, there were a few that were that just after the the Tudor Gate stuff that were concerned, and you know that he had the fight at practice or whatever. So. There were some that 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 hurt his draft stock yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with Mackay Polk, but I do I think both Cross and Emerson have a great chance to be longtime pros. So we'll see what happens with them, and good luck to them. So is this where we say go be great? No. Oh. Okay. One last thing before we go. Going to be hearing this song a lot over the next couple of days, I would imagine, when it comes to men's basketball. But Mississippi State dips back into the portal uh, for Eric Reed, who I I couldn't help but, you know, I saw that he went to Southeast Missouri State, and I was like, please, please let Rick Ray have recruited this guy. Didn't. Did not. He's a, a, a one-year JUCO guy for them. Uh, whoever their new coach is. I, I didn't go so far as to dig into who the current Southeast Missouri uh, basketball coach is. But good player for them. Uh, first team all Ohio, Ohio Valley, 16 points uh, per game, shot 46% from behind the arc as a junior. Uh, career 39.8%, uh, percent, uh, 40% shooter from behind the arc. That is a that is to a T what Mississippi State needed uh, from the transfer portal. And they're not done there yet. Uh, they will continue to be active. It seems like every uh, transfer who you know who of worth, of note, it, who's putting out a top 10 or whatever is including Mississippi State. So you can see Chris Chance is very, very active in the transfer portal. Should have a pretty full team uh, in, the, in the coming uh, weeks uh, for Mississippi State. But it, it feels like, you know, so far, so good in terms of who they've gotten out of the portal. They've got basically the guy I would predict to be their starting point guard next year, a guy that I would probably predict to be one of the, their starting two, and a quality reserve in, in the big man from, uh, from uh, New Mexico State and William McNair. And speaking of New Mexico State, Robbie, obviously some eyebrows raised yesterday was Teddy Allen, Teddy Buckets, as a enter the transfer portal. Wonder if there's an opportunity for him to be at Mississippi State. 
there's still talk that he might that he's probably going to stay in the draft, but who knows? If he does transfer, I think State's got to be right there at the top for him. And you know, State's in the game for several guys, and I right now you're you're trying to build a roster. You're not you don't have to go out there like Eric Reed. I don't think has to be a twenty point per game scorer for Mississippi State. He can have his role with Mississippi State. He can be a three-point shooter, um, you know, a guy that comes in there and he can knock down shots. He doesn't have to be a star on this team. The guys that you pick up in the portal don't have to be stars. The guy from New Mexico State, he can be a quality reserve off the bench. I mean, you're having to build pretty much an entire roster out of the transfer portal with the exception of, you know, you're returning three guys or whatever from last year, three or four guys, and then you're, you're bringing in a couple of recruits. So th- this, the bulk of this roster is going to be transfer portal guys. And y- you're looking for pieces to kind of put the puzzle together here, not just going out there and, and throwing everything at, at the best players. Um, that You're not going to um, make a whole lot of headway if you do that. So it's, it's a tricky thing to kind of put together, but I think Chris Jans is, and his staff are doing the best that they can here to try to piece things together here. I would say I would go further in saying they're doing the best that they can. I would say they're doing a good job. I've been impressed so far with the guys they've got. I feel like these are impact guys. These are guys I expect to see uh, playing big minutes for Mississippi State uh, next season. It's kind of funny, you know, we talked about this team. We said, okay, you know, if Molinar comes back and you got Tolu Smith and they'll have Jeffries and Moore and all these guys are gone. I said that was probably going to be a tournament team, like the roster he had with a couple of additions. I don't know about this team yet as far as being a tournament team next season, but I will say that they're off to a good start as far as the not only for next year, but this concept of Jans building a team each year. This is what it's going to look like. And I, and I said it to a couple of friends this weekend, and I'll say it here now, for college basketball, you know, the days of you know three or four years of Derek Zimmerman and Timmy Bowers and guys like that, it's kind of over. You know, you don't need to worry about the names on the back of the jersey anymore. You got to worry about the you know, Mississippi State. Just cheer for those whoever's wearing that jersey because that's all you're going to know. You're not going to you're not going to have a chance in the, for the most part to to build up affection for these players over a couple of years. It's just, it's just not going to be that way anymore. So No, that that's it's no longer about the players and um their connection to the fans or anything like that. I mean, this is just about building teams year after year. I agree. Uh, there, there's going to be a few that come through that, that you can latch on to, but uh, not many. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow's the rumblings. We'll be back after a one-week absence there. So send us your questions regarding Mississippi State sports or whatever, and we will uh, be happy to answer them. And then plenty more to talk about this week uh, as we go along. We're only, we are, I believe, three weeks away from starting up some SEC previews and things of that nature because, you know, we're going to have to talk a little college football a little earlier than we did last year. Just, we have to be a little more creative in the coming weeks. I mean, you think about that. We were tied up with baseball until July. July one was. The I don't last. know what. I don't know what we're gonna do. Well, good I mean, news. You, I, I'll figure it out. We're gonna get through this together. Okay. I'm gonna put it all on your shoulders, and I don't want any days off either, or, or weeks off. Okay. I mean, you know, I gotta go to the SEC tournament in a few weeks. We may we may take some time off there, but we'll see. If I can eat what I did last SEC tournament, I might come up there with you. You, you, that, that is definitely doable. I'll put it that way for sure. So, all right, guys.
Have a great Tuesday. Glad to be back with you. We'll talk to you again you on Monday. Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Falk. Mississippi Media Production.